wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time, welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible, and where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, South Australia Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and if you like to make a comment or have your questions answered, please text me at 0401-305-077. Also, you can email us at info at faithfm.com.au or visit our website faithfm.com.au. Our theme for this week is the relevance of Ten Commandments for a post-biblical world. And our big question for today is uh, why only one God? During this week, we are going to look into some um, other questions like, is it reasonable to honor our parents? Is God a prude? I'm not sure if I pronounce correct that word. That will be an interesting one to to look at uh, later on. Does God care about my thinking? Our co-host today is Joseph Matichik, and uh, Joseph is the General Secretary for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia, and it's very good to have you with us again, Joseph. Hello, Nick. Good to be here. Hey, um, always when we're starting on Monday, you know, we have to think how to uh, put a good foundation for the whole week. Yes. But today also we have a good question, and for the whole week, a good topic. We are looking into this, uh, the relevance of the Ten Commandments for a post-biblical world. And um, as I mentioned earlier, um, the question which we'll dig in today a bit is, uh, why only one God? But Joseph, um, how is worshipping one God, the God of heaven, how is that relevant to us in the early decades of the third millennium? Yeah, thank you, Nick. It's a a really good question. And... um, Really looking forward to our to our program today, Nick. Because as you said, we're 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 introducing uh, uh, this new uh, series uh, uh, for the next few days, where we're uh, um, looking at the the relevance of the Ten Commandments. Um, and if if we were to ask people what they think of when we mention the Ten Commandments, uh, what what would what would come straight to their minds what what would be one of the first things that would come to their minds when when we just say when we mention the term 10 commandments what do you think nick yes rules rules yeah okay so we think of the 10 commandments uh yeah as, as, as rules that's right um uh, others would probably uh, immediately think of um uh, some of the 10 commandments that would come to their mind such as um you know thou shalt not murder or yes um Put it in a sort of more modern language. Um, thou shalt not kill. Uh, being, you will not uh, do not murder. Uh, do not steal. Uh, honor your father and mother. Um, some some would see the Ten Commandments, like you said, as as a set of rules. Um, others would see them as something that was given to Jews mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, in in the Old Testament, um, and therefore has little relevance uh, for us today. Some others would consider the Ten Commandments as negative and uh, and restrictive. That's correct. And we mentioned uh, some of this uh, in earlier programs uh, when we look at um, the law of God relevant uh, today. 
And you're right, actually. I remember the talking about this, uh, saying that actually the Ten Commandments, they are protective for us, not mm-hmm. restrictive. Mm. Yeah, and um, so that's that's a bit of a yeah an interesting concept that you you've described there, Nick. Because not everyone sees it like that. Mm. Uh, w- when we when we see how they are, they are formulated, how they're written, that they're, they're they're written in a way that says, um, "Thou shalt not or do not do not this do do, do not that." And so that's what I straight away came in mind when I said many people look at, at, at the Ten Commandments like rules. Do yes, not yes, you know, and we'll emphasize on that. It's oh. Just see a restriction, and I want to be free, you know, not be restricted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, and and, um, and so that, that w- I want us to come back to that thought um, a little bit later on. Well, yeah, as as we look at particularly the the context in which the Ten Commandments were originally given and 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 recorded uh, in Scripture in 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 the Bible, mm. and uh, today we're going to begin. By looking at uh, the first two commandments, yes. In the next episode, uh, the third and fourth one will be looked at, and then the fifth one, and, and, and so on. So, uh, yeah. But today we're we're making an introduction. We're making a start before we actually get into the first specific uh, ten commandment. Uh, what do we know about the ten commandments? Let's let's consider that uh, initially. What do we know? About the Ten Commandments, uh, Nick. What's interesting when when we look at how the Ten Commandments are recorded, uh, how they're listed, uh, we will find that there that there is a that there is a particular order. Um, for example, um, we uh, we will find that um, as we will see that there is a, a particular uh, list. There is a particular priority prioritized list uh, are given uh, with with the with the ten commandments um, the first uh, the first commandment that we will see in in just a moment uh, talks about uh, there being only one God uh, the second one talk about uh, not, not making any images or idols and uh, not taking God's name in vain and then uh, honor uh, remembering the the Sabbath to, to, to keep it holy uh, the the fifth commandment talks about honoring your father and your mother. Uh, the sixth one, uh, do not murder or kill, then do not commit adultery. Then he goes on to do not steal and then talks about uh, uh, do, do not do not coveting yeah. um, uh, others or, or other things. N- notice the order here. First, it, it deals with God. Mm-hmm. Then he talks, second, family. Uh, so, yes, parents, family. Uh, then he talks about Others uh, respecting others' relationships, uh, others, uh, other people, um, your neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then finally, it talks about uh, possessions or things. Mm. Okay, so again, God, family, others, things. How does our society today prioritize things often? Right, that's a very good thinking. You know, uh, I, I can see where you are, where you are heading, because uh, seems like we are starting from the bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So often, um, things are important to us. Yeah, money and you know, having things and uh, and prob- probably the f- uh, if I will uh, say uh, in in today's you know society, maybe people are uh, first of all interested in things to get something, then yeah. family, maybe, mm-hmm. then others. Yes, and probably. God, if it's still time. 
And that's right. If there's still time, um, and, and and often it's it's it may be just a little bit of what's left. Um, let's face it. Most people will give him a under consideration if maybe when they're really in in some deep strife. Yes. Um, or when they're possibly on their deathbed. Um, maybe at, at at this time of the year, as we as we look at um, you know, the whole Christmas season, that, yeah. uh, as we enter into that, that might be sort of the only few times that people kind of give consideration to God. So you're right, Nick. Uh, it's usually um, us, you know, self and um, self and others, and then and God. Yeah. Whereas the Ten Commandments actually uh, reverses that priority around the other way. And um, that's a challenge, and uh, and also perhaps a um, an indicator uh, that uh, what we as society have often focused on has has probably not been uh, ultimately the, the right priorities. Now the interesting thing is, Nick, you know, when when we think of we think of what are the most important things, uh, that it comes down to um, when if your life is on the line or something like that, you don't worry about things, do you? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, you don't worry about uh, you know which football team I win or, or something like that. It's irrelevant. Mm. What most important then is that, that you have someone who loves you. Um, perhaps that, that 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 there is some some hope and some meaning. Um, so we deep down we know what are the most treasured and important things. Yeah. Yet so often we we don't put that focus on it in our lives the ten commandments the, the the order of the ten commandments shows us that uh, there is uh, first and most important God and him and worship of him exclusive mm-hmm. uh, before we move on to those that are near and dear to us others and then finally things that's right and so I think what society has turned it upside down and, and perhaps we've missed some of the, the, the key here of what is the uh, what is a priority and what's important in life so the order is important that, that's, yeah. that's, and, and just that's what I wanted to mention here uh, uh, when we when we just see the list when we look at how the Ten Commandments are listed yeah. and, and I was going to, I hope uh, I'm not going to jump the gun here but you know as you mentioned if we start with the um, as I mentioned earlier, with other things, prioritizing, you know, like um, whatever, what we can earn and things yes. generally and family and uh, society is kind of going in this direction, but you don't find happiness. I mean, most of the people, they still say, well, man, that's not happiness mm-hmm. there. I wonder if we will follow the right uh, way, putting God first as you you just uh, told us here, then family, which is the nucleus of society, and you know, and then others also serving others, do the the best we can for others, and then worry about uh, ourselves yeah. or things. Yeah. I wonder if we will achieve more what we are um, chasing. Yes, happiness. Yeah. You know, uh, look, look, Nick, and that 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 is a very, very important point you raise because uh, we we made the comment a little bit earlier that often the the Ten Commandments are seen in a, in a sort of a negative light, right? Yeah. However, uh, and, and this is this is the other aspect that we need to consider, and that is um, the the commandments are actually given for our good. Mm-hmm. They're given for our good. M- maybe if I can just share a, a couple of uh, other Bible verses 
referring to, 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 to the commandments. Sure. Um, for example, in, in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter 12 and, uh, and verse 13, wise man wrote, the wise man wrote this, he says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Uh, another version says to fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of, of man, of, of humanity. That's a beautiful passage there. And uh, yeah, as you, you know, said, so written by, by Solomon, yeah. one of the wisest men on earth. Yeah, he's basically saying the conclusion to everything, it comes down to this, and that is uh, to, to fear God. In other words, to uh, the Bible, whenever it says fearing God, it, it doesn't mean to be scared mm. or terrified. It means to, to acknowledge God um, to take him seriously, to 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 respect God, and and it's a, it says here, fear God and keep His commandments, and that's the whole duty of mankind. Wow. wow. Um, the other one that comes to mind is um, when we when we look over in the in the book of Romans, chapter seven. Uh, it says in verse twelve. So then, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, righteous. And good. Yes. And good. The Bible does not describe God's law, commandments, as something that is bad or negative. It's saying that it's actually good. Um, and so it's, it's actually given here for humanity's, humanity's benefit. Yes. Now, uh, I mean, uh, we, we can also mention as an aside, interestingly enough, Nick, that um, when we think of uh, many societies – down, down through centuries, the the, the laws of, of of so many countries, or whatever their laws, their constitutions, whatever, essentially a lot of it are based on the principles of the Ten Commandments, aren't Correct. they? Correct, isn't that interesting? Yes. Um, so, so we recognise that there are some elements. Uh, a lot of people, I should say, m- most will recognise that there are some elements of the Ten Commandments that, that, that have been the very foundation, the, the, the basis of the laws of many countries, of their constitutions, um, and, 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 and their guidelines. So uh, clearly, there is there is a, a very important there are very important principles here for for guiding humanity. Yeah. Um, and even though uh, Joseph, as you mentioned about constitutions, uh, I just heard about on uh, on the radio coming down to the studio a comment saying that the um, american constitution as it was written and one of the the first uh, you know great democracy uh, on this earth um, is not standing anymore like 200 and more years ago yeah there are some changes there you know to alter that constitution and people may say is that relevant the constitution, the you know, the American constitution or Australian constitution, whatever, uh, today is that relevant today? And when you're looking about the um, commandments of God given many thousand years ago, many people say, is that relevant today? Mm. Because men have the tendency of changing things. Yes. But God, you know how uh, we read in the Bible that God is the same. Yes. Yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. He yep. does not change. Yeah. And what he intended for us and for our good was for eternity. Yeah. You, you reminded me there, Nick, and I, and I, I don't have the, the full details with me now, but I, I remember uh, hearing that, that essentially um, the, the one of the telltale signs, Nick, of a civilization 
com- uh, that's coming to an end, of a civilization that that's ending, that is, with, is when it essentially uh, moves away, disregards the commandments. The Lord mm, God, so mm. that's significant. Yeah. Um, let me let me also hasten on Nick just to um, uh, when, when we're talking about the Ten Commandments, and uh, we're giving an overview here before we actually get into the into into them specifically. There's one other thing I wanted to mention about the overview: the, the Ten Commandments. Whilst there's listed as ten of them, they can actually be summarized essentially into two, mm. and. For us to see that, I want to, I want to take us to uh, quite a famous passage in the New Testament where Jesus was one occasion being uh, asked a question. It's recorded in Matthew chapter 22 and uh, verse uh, 35 on, onwards we read here where an expert in the law uh, comes to Jesus testing him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Mm. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Then Jesus adds in verse 40 here, Matthew 22, verse 40, All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus said the whole law can be summed up into two. One, love the Lord your God. And secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. When we look at the Ten Commandments, we find that the first four of the Ten Commandments describe our love for God. Mm. As we'll see in just a moment, the first one uh, about worshiping another God, the making idols, uh, not taking his name in vain, and keeping the Sabbath day. Then, from the fifth onwards, it talks about our love for others. What we find is that very significantly here, the ten can be summarized as two, and those two are not restrictive, they're not negative, not mm. what not to do, but they are positive to love God, first of all, secondly, to love others. And Joseph, when you say that, because Jesus pointed out to this, and many Christians today, they will say, you see, we don't need to keep the Ten Commandments, because Jesus says only to keep two commandments. Now, those two, which you refer to, do they uh, dilute from the Ten Commandments? <laughs> That's a really good question, Nick. You know what? That not only do they not dilute, they actually magnify the ten, and they 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 strengthen and they highlight them, because those two uh, really are so connected to the ten that that because that they they explain how. We are to love God. Mm. Who, who we are to love. The ten define that. Uh, who it is we are to love. How we are to love. When. You know, when uh, who, who we are to worship. How we worship and when to worship. And then uh, how we are to love our, our fellow man. It, it actually defines it. It does not dilute it. Not at all. In fact, it, 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 it defines it. And so uh, what, what Jesus was actually highlighting was, was, yes, the higher principle, absolutely, of love, but always that is going to be demonstrated, uh, put into practice, if you like, in, in, in the ten. You, you cannot divorce the two 
from the 10. Yeah. Um, just as, you know, if you take it a step further, um, the two, love God and love others, can be summed up in one, which is which is love. Yeah. And, and elsewhere, First uh, Corinthians tells, tells us, faith, hope, and love, the greatest of these is love. Romans 13 actually talks about uh, the whole thing can be summed up in love. Yeah. Um, now, that shouldn't surprise people who, who are familiar with the fact that, you know, First um, John 4, 8 tells us that God is Love, mm. and so it, it's it's kind of like this this triangle, like this peak. You, you've got the ten commandments, uh, f- and and four the first four referring to love to God, the other six love to others, and then the, those two are, uh, come up above that in, in, in pinnacle, which is love, which is essentially God. So it all points to and is connected to God. Now, yeah, and uh, and while you're mentioning that, uh, it makes more sense now that uh, the ten commandments are not. Ten, I mean, the set of rules mm. or ten suggestions or whatever. Uh, but Jesus said here, love your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself is something to integrate it in your well-being more, not just uh, look at the, probably even the Pharisees, you know, and the uh, people of the day in, in Jesus' time, they look at the commandments as some sort of rules, mm. some sort of, you know, a set of rules and direction, but Jesus went a step further to integrate that in your, your well-being. Yes. You just uh, explained that very well. So, let, let's let's now go and, and into the actual Ten Commandments, Nick. So, we, I, I hope that's been really helpful to sort of give that overview. Absolutely. And uh, as the week progresses, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll come yeah. a little bit more in detail. Yeah, exactly right. Now, let, let's go in, into them. And the, the, the Ten Commandments, um, the, the, probably the, the, the main passage where they are listed, described, Nick, is found in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 20, and uh, from verse 1. Mm. And uh, we read this. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And then comes the uh, first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. What, what we find here is there is a, there is a short introduction, uh, or as some refer to it, it's like a prologue. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it uh, lists, states the first commandment. Let's not, we must not miss and skip over, rush over that introduction. All right. What's God saying here? It's in verse 2, that, that introduction. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. What's God saying here? God is saying that, that he has delivered his people out of slavery. He has freed them. He has saved them. He's not subduing them like many other people that put rules on them because they are under their jurisdiction. Here God is freeing his yeah. people. And then his commandments should not be looked like uh, restrictions, uh, something which is against your f- free will. Well, that's right. So, so what we find here in, in, this, uh, introdu- in, in this opening it's an opening statement. God is reminding his people of what he has already done for them. Yeah. He has, uh, this, is, this is a very important point. The commandments were given not as rules to keep in order to be saved, but they were 
a given to a people who had already been saved oh, that's and delivered. Beautiful. That's that's really beautiful to to say that because yeah, many people will uh, misunderstand and wrongly, uh, you know, uh, look at this saying, "Ah, oh, this is legalism," because you have to just keep the rules, the uh, the commandments. Well, yeah. But what you just said here. Uh, I believe legalism doesn't have a place in a Christian life. No, spot on. You know, so this this is not a case of uh, God saying you must do this and you must do them, um, and then th- then I will I will love you. No, it's completely opposite. God says, you know, I've delivered you, and and even prior to that, we know God is the one who who created them. I've made you. Now I've, I have delivered, you know, and, and you know, you think of the, the story of humanity. God created humanity, made um, them perfect, put him in a perfect environment. And humanity, uh, humanity chose their own way. Um, uh, they fell into sin, uh, but God comes and he, he 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 delivers and saves again, and um, and that's that's what we find elsewhere. The uh, classic that comes to mind, uh, if I can just share this one, Nick, uh, Ephesians. Chapter 2, mm. uh, the, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, verses 8 onwards, it says, By grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of, your, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Then it goes on and says, Not by works, so that no one can boast. Yeah, yeah. But then he goes on, for, but we are, for we are his, that is God's workmanship created for good works. So you find here... Um, uh, the whole message of, of the Bible and, and how God worked is that he has saved us and then uh, we're saved by grace. Not what we have done, it's what he has done. And then, um, yeah, reminded of Jesus who said, if you love me, keep keep my commandments. Mm. Uh, we show our love to him that way. This introduction to the Ten Commandments is very important to understanding everything that follows, Nick. Um and I think we've, you know, I think we've made that point really clearly. But yeah, you know, j- just, just, just to sort of wrap it up a little bit more. In fact, uh, many people, uh, many people think that, um, uh, particularly people who, who sort of don't understand, uh, they will, they will see that religion is a set of rules to follow. Mm-hmm. It's interesting uh, that, that there is a distinction that we can make here. There is a difference between religion and Christianity. Right. Religion is spelt D-O. What I mean by that is do. Mm. So at the base of every religion is, whatever religion it is, it, it'll be something about do this, do that, don't do this, etc. Christianity, Nick, is spelt D-O-N-E. Done. Done. It refers to what Jesus has done on the cross. That is beautiful. And so, Nick, uh, you know, I guess, again, Exodus 20, verse 2, where it introduces the Ten Commandments, we must not miss the crucial, important significance here that it's talking about God who has brought out slavery, and then he goes on and gives them his, his, his commandments. Beautiful. Hey, Joseph, um, I wonder if I could just take a short break uh, here and play a song. I'd like to just uh, play for you. To the only God. Let's listen to this. You are listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, BQ&A. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back shortly.
us from falling to the only God. Be our glory, our honor, majesty, and power for all ages now and forevermore. Faith FM anytime, anywhere with the free Faith FM app available on the Apple App Store and the Android Google Play Store. Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is Joseph Maticic. And our big question for today is why only one God? We are looking at the first two commandments today. And uh, Joseph, we looked in uh, Exodus uh, chapter 20. Mm. Uh, you, you got us through reading from verse chapter 1 and, uh, and 2 and so on. Now uh, we are moving on. Still, still in uh, Exodus, yes? yes? What do you uh, can share with us uh, further on, uh, Joseph? Okay, so I think we made the point very clear that the introduction to the Ten Commandments is crucial for understanding what follows. Um, verse 3 is the first commandment. And it says this. You shall have no other gods before me. Mm. Commandment number one uh, says to have no other gods before me, or some other translation will say, apart from me. God here, uh, and this is this is very much the the question for um uh, for our uh, program today. Program yes, today, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, God wants to be the number one uh, in our lives. He alone is to be the the object of worship. Right, right. And, and Joseph, uh, is that a challenge for our 21st uh, century world? <laughs> is it ever, Nick? You know, it's, uh, it's interesting when we think particularly of our, of our society. You know, the, uh, here it's saying that God is to be uh, first and foremost, he is to be supreme. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is to be worshipped um, above and beyond anyone and, and, and anything else. Uh, the fact is that... Uh, uh, more and more uh, people are, are moving away from, from, from a belief in God, Nick. 
um, uh, you know, back in, uh, for instance, there's some you know, research back back in certainly in the 1940s. There was little little disagreement. A Gallup poll back then reported that 95% of Australians believed in God. 95%. Wow. Back in the 40s. Late forties, you know, into the early fifties. I mean, you may think that God. during the the war, you know, and you may think that uh, probably that attracted only, but it may no. not not yeah. not so. No, uh, today though, um, for example, a, a survey of Australian attitudes con- conducted by the Australian National University uh, in two thousand and nine uh, found that just under half the population believed in God. Right, and so it's, it's it's fallen from something like ninety five percent, almost yeah. You know, then the majority of, of the population, majority of Australians, once believed in God, now only about half. Um, now, not only that, but uh, if we got, look at some McCrindle research, mm-hmm. uh, a real reputable research, uh, show also signs of fading belief in God. Uh, the, I mean, the, the oldest generation that they, they're the ones that are. 70, let's say those who are age 70 or over, most of them still believe in God, mm, mm. some 60 plus percent. But that starts to fall down when you come down to uh, the 40 somethings, uh, and but particularly um, to, the, to the youth and young adults, maybe one in three, only about 30 percent believe still believe in God, believe in God. Wow. And so what we find here though is, is, is we find this commandment, that says, you shall have no other gods before me. God, God. Uh, so what, what, what's, what's going on here? Well, um, I'm just going to mention uh, some other significant things in our society in a moment, Nick. But let, let's connect uh, this with what we saw and what we, what we talked about before the break. When we, when we looked at that, that introduction to the Ten Commandments, mm, mm. what did it say? What did God say? I am the Lord your God. And uh, it, it, when you dwell deeper, that, that's the, the name for God, Jehovah. Yes. Um, very significant name in the Old Testament referring to... Not to have other gods before me. Yeah. yeah. He's saying, I am the Lord your God who did what? Who delivered you. Yeah. yeah, who delivered you, who brought you out of slavery, who delivered you, who freed you. So what we find here is, is God, this Jehovah God, who... Elsewhere is described as our creator God, now as our deliverer. He, he, is, he is a personal God. He is one that, that because he's delivered, he, he, he wants, uh, in a sense, exclusivity. He, he wants to be the only one in our lives. Why? Because he's the one who's, who's delivered us. So what we're finding here is we're not just talking about a God. Uh, we're, we're talking about this concept of being him being the God. Why? Mm. Because he's the creator. Mm. He's the creator, and he's, he, he's the redeemer. He's the deliverer. He's the savior. Those twin things, there's no other one that, 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 can, that can do that. There is no other God. There is no other power. There's no other being that, 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 that creates us, that bring, brings life, that has brought us here, and that has, that has delivered us from, from the mess of sin that we're in. Those, th- those twin things um, is what God is stressing here, and, and that's why he says, you, you know, don't have any other gods before me. I should be number one. Mm. Um, be- it's, it's almost like... If a mother delivers a child, um, and after that uh, is abandoning the child, yeah. or uh, we can say, "Okay, look, I I gave birth to you now. I mean, you can choose another parent or uh, another." You know, I don't think so. Is the case with that? No, and no. when you look at God, um, it's pretty much uh, in the same. Um, 
uh, exactly right. Exactly Gibbage, right. You know, um, and in a, and on this program, Nick, on, on this program, we, we're really wanting to tackle these big questions, uh, you know, about um, not not just about faith and Bible alone, but how it particularly intersects and relates to um, our, our society, our, our contemporary contemporary society, isn't it? And so our daily living. You're right. That's right. And that's uh, why we often it's part of. Uh, our living. Yeah, we're, we're, wanting, we're wanting to give to our listeners some, some real um, uh, interesting connecting points w- with our society. And so, uh, if I can then um, relate this a little bit more, Nick, um, particularly today, uh, our topic there is, is where we're looking at how is worshipping one God, the God of heaven, how is that relevant to us here at the beginning of the third millennium? Well, mm. um, I, I was just reading just, just recently... Um, a book by a gentleman by the name of Hugh Mackay. He is an Australian social researcher um, who's done a lot of study on, on the Australian society. He has written a number of books, and one of them is uh, a book called What Makes Us Tick. Okay. What Makes Us Tick. And uh, uh, the 10 Desires that drive us. So he, he's, he's analysing Australian society. Now, he's a, uh, Hugh McKay, is, as I said, he's a social researcher. He's, he's written, um, various books about Australian society. Now, he's not a, he's not a, um, he's not a committed Christian as mm-hmm, such. Mm-hmm. But, um, one of the key desires that driving Australians, he says, is the desire for something to believe in. The desire for something to believe in. And uh, he says that we all have a powerful desire to believe in something. And then he goes on and it says that's one of the reasons why religion and a faith uh, in a supernatural being has been such a big part for so many people for such a long time. Mm, mm. Uh, Now... Uh, he, he then you know talks about uh, I guess faith and he uh, he, he he will even you know he, but he, he surveys everything right so he comments on everything and he, he will even talk about a whole idea of atheism mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, uh, modern atheism is really another uh, expression of people wanting to believe believe in something um, he will refer that you know, people will um, uh, something that, that, that they have something that they want to believe in larger and grander um, uh, than us uh, something omniscient omnipotent omnipresent beyond time and and space um, you know there's something in us as humans that wants to uh, look forward to something uh, to something greater than us mm. now why am I saying all of this Nick I'm saying all of this because what we find here in the Ten Commandments the first one what does God say have no other gods before me, before me, mm. he is the one that that ultimately wants us to, for us to be the one that we are uh, to believe in him. Now, do, do you say here, Joseph, that atheists, atheists, uh, they are believers also in something? Well, you know what? Let, let me say this: um, it, it's been made, it's been said. Um, we think it's G.K. Chesterton who said, "When people stop believing in God." They don't believe in nothing, they believe in anything. All right. Oh. Okay. Let me say that again. When people stop believing in God, it's not that they believe in nothing, they believe in anything. You know, so, yeah, people always will have, there's a desire in all to believe in something. So, Nick, yeah, atheists? Yeah. Uh, essentially, that's, that's, a, that's kind of a religion of its own. And I heard about some people that it's even, you have to have greater faith 
uh, to be an atheist, you know, to to believe in uh, um, how is called that, um, not the creation, but oh, okay, um, like the Big Bang and the yes, origin of life. Yes, yeah. you, you have yeah. to have quite a strong belief to to hold that uh, view um, in something which is just happen. You know, you don't know when and how and all those things. That's a sort of belief. I heard that quite often. You know, you're so right, Nick. And so, yeah, what what I find here is this, you know, one of Australia's leading social researchers acknowledges, Nick, that in all of us as humans, there is there is a desire for something to believe in, to, to believe in. And... Um, yeah, he goes on and says that, you know, people want to believe in something greater and grander than themselves. Um, and uh, it, it brings it brings a level of certainty uh, in, in people. And so th- this is now, uh, McKay is not going to point out that, you know, belief in God is the ultimate. He, he, he analyzes every, everyone mm, and everything mm. and is making um, gen- general assessment. But what I find here is the significant thing is, that in the Ten Commandments, it's pointing us to the Lord God of heaven as the one to ultimately believe in because he not only created us, but because he He, he, he delivered us. So humans, humans will always worship something or someone. This first commandment is more relevant than ever. It's more relevant than ever because it, it reminds us that every one of us will worship yeah, we, we'll have a, 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 have a God. Yeah, we'll all have a God. Uh, that that's that's just the way humanity is. And it, the first commandment here is appealing to us to have no other God but the one who is our Creator and our Redeemer. In ancient times, it was gods of wood and stone. Nowadays, it's money, power, self, sport, relationships. Yeah. And we could go on and on, Nick. Um, and so what we find here, appeal to us to recognize that God is to be first and the greatest. That's because uh, when we find uh, all the other gods, none of them can make us, give us life, happiness, and deliver us. Yes, that's beautiful. Uh, and so that's the first commandment, Nick. Um, the first commandment is about placing the God who's delivered us from sin into first place in our in our lives. Let's, let's, let's now look at the second commandment. Yes, shall we? Yeah, yeah, we should move on now uh, straight to the second commandment because the time is just running away from us. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, the second commandment goes on. Notice how it says from verse 4. Uh, sorry, Exodus 20, verses 4 to 6. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Mm. What we find here, Nick, is is uh, the first commandment uh, was telling us who we are to worship. The second one is now moving into how we are to worship. And it's talking about not making any image, uh, not making any, any form, not making any representation of, of God. I wonder why, why it's talking about that. What, what's the go here now with not wanting us to make any representation mm. of God? Uh, 
Well, it's interesting. Uh, if I can just uh, share a, a, a couple of key uh, key passages. In Second Chronicles chapter 6, in verse 18, King Solomon, King Solomon uh, prayed this to, to, to God at the dedication of the temple. He says, But will God really dwell on earth with humans? The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you, he says, how much less this temple I've built. Mm. That's what he's saying about God. Even the highest heavens cannot contain God. Uh, This commandment here uh, is um, saying not to make any image. Any image. Why? You bring God, you... you, Put it in a box to stay so That's in right. an image, in a form, or something like that, and yeah, you you can have a wrong uh, image about God. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that that's where you know it, traditionally in ancient times um, it was forbidden for people to make idols mm-hmm. um, because uh, God is greater than, than any of them. Um, and um, you know, if, if I can just. Uh, if we look at a, a couple more passages, uh, think about in, in ancient times when people would make depictions, uh, make, make idols, statues, and things of God. Uh, but notice, notice what it says here in, in Isaiah chapter 46, uh, verses 5 through to 7. It says, With whom will you compare me? This is God speaking. Mm-hmm. With whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me that we may be compared. Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god, Mm. and they bow down and worship it. They lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place, and there it stands. From that spot it cannot move. Even though someone cries out to it, it cannot answer, it cannot save them from their troubles. Right. Mm. Okay, the, the idols here are powerless. Uh, it's just an object, and uh, many people still believe in that and the relics and all other things. You know, yeah, uh, s- sacred objects. You're yes. right, Nick. Yeah, yeah, we we do have. Yeah, people have, have sacred objects. Um, in fact, interestingly enough, um, we could. Um, you know, what about if if people um, when when we look at it otherwise? Uh, just just one other one, uh, very quickly here. Psalm 115. Um, why do the nations say, this is Psalm 115 verse 2, why do the nations say, where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. But their idols are silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, um, uh, feet but cannot walk, nor can they utter a sound with their throats. Those who make them, here's the key, verse 8. Those who make them will be like them. This is Psalms 115, verse 8. Those who make them will be like them, and so will all who trust in them. In other words, it's saying uh, that what we, uh, you know, any depiction, any relic, anything that we make as a representation of God, we become like that. Mm. But the Bible says that God is greater than anything or anyone. He cannot be contained. Yes. That's why it's telling us not to make any image of him. That's beautiful. Yeah. Now, uh, there's a challenge here also, Nick, and that is that um, even um, even if we don't have actual statues or idols, perhaps we might say, no, I, I don't have that, I, you know, I believe in a God. Perhaps even our some of our um, understandings, uh, our, our um, 
representations of God, we might think that that is 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 really the, the depiction of God. Mm. We have to be careful that none of us fully understands God. God is greater than all of us. Beautiful. And and that's a real challenge for us today. Beautiful. Hey Joseph, uh, just before we conclude today uh, and uh, just come with a with a few few thoughts there and maybe a prayer, I would like to just offer to our listeners and today um, I'm going to be generous and I want to offer two books. One book is called Advent and this book is by uh, Nathan Brown. Uh, hearing the good news in the story of Jesus' birth is brand new from the um, print and has 31 chapters. You can read one chapter every day and by the end of the year, if you ring right now or send an SMS or uh, contact us via um, email or uh, website, you can have this book in your hands. Have a nice read about uh, Jesus' story. And also, I would like to give the other book. Joseph, I know that you like this one, Steps to Christ. Yes. Yes. That's a wonderful book and a short book, actually. Uh, you can read it very easily mm. and it will touch on some things which we discuss uh, today. Would you like to say just a couple of words of that, uh, about that book? Steps to Christ is an absolute classic, Nick. Uh, it's been translated into uh, dozens of languages and printed millions of copies have been printed of this uh, around the world um, and uh, even though written just over a hundred years ago it is still an absolute classic of how to find uh, hope and peace um, personal peace um, through through Jesus Christ beautiful, highly recommended beautiful send us an SMS to 0401-305-077 or uh, write an email to info at faithfm.com.au or visit our website faithfm.com.au hey Joseph just in a minute uh, how would you like to conclude today and then uh, just pray for us please yeah i'd like to conclude that um what we find is god has given us uh 10 commandments 10 words 10 statements that sum up um the way we he wants to relate to us and and, and the key thing here is these aren't just a set of rules nick or, or statements uh, or things to do they all are, are inextricably connected and linked at the heart of them is a God who made us and who has delivered us. He is a, he's a God who wants to have a personal friendship, a relationship with us. Beautiful. Someone that we can get to know. This is the God that, that's calling us in commandment number one to have him number one above anyone and anything else, and who is saying that there is nothing that we are to make or should make or repre- to, to represent because he cannot be contained. He's greater than all of that. And, uh, and I just want to leave this as a, as, as a wonderful thought here for, with our listeners. Great peace have they which love your law, and nothing shall offend them. Beautiful. Psalm 119. Yep. Would you like to pray, Joseph? Let's do that. Dear God, I want to thank you that you're a God who has revealed yourself, that you can be known. And uh, even though we recognize as humans, we all have a desire to believe in something. We, we, we all have something that, you know, all of us, wherever we are, whatever age we are. But I, I pray that each person that's listening will recognize that in you we have the, the ultimate because you are our creator and you are the one that saved us. And uh, yet, Lord, we're, we're all prone to substituting, substituting gods in our lives, modern mm. gods, modern idols. Uh, we're all prone to it. 
and uh, help us to recognize that they, they are all inefficient, insufficient, uh, that they are limited, that they are temporary. You are the only one who's eternal, giver of life, saviour. May we put our trust in you. May we choose to follow you and serve you and obey you. I pray for each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our time is up. Thank you for joining Nick Rita and Joseph Maticic on the Drive Time BQ&A. Please join us tomorrow when we are asking another question. Why does God command rest? Until then, may God richly bless you. I will leave you with a song, Father of the Fatherless.